0: hey kids welcome to the capital Life podcast I am your host Abby Pagud. this is where we talk about all the things that life brings the good the bad and of course the healthy and today's episode is keeping yourself aligned we are having another edition of keeping it real with three people and today's special guest is dr. Mitch Scarmario Dodo <laughs> Did I get that even close
1: close. Okay. Scarmardo.
0: Scarmardo. So a yeah. little bit of like Italian mafia Scarface exactly. mixed with motto? Yeah. Okay. It's a good blend. Okay. That I can totally help handle. Well, welcome to the Capital Life, Dr. Mitch.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, but before we jump in and get into all the good nitty gritty details of getting ourselves aligned, I wanna make sure that you guys head over to capitalhealth.com. that's K-A-P-I-T-O-L, Health.com, and go check out our gift cards. And why am I encouraging you to get gift cards? Because you know what? Sometimes we wanna get a gift for people that we absolutely love and adore, and we want them to get the healthy things that they need in life. But we don't necessarily know what those things are. And since Capital Health has all these awesome services available to you, we encourage you to go out and get gift cards so that they can choose exactly what fits and resonates for them. Don't forget that this episode of The Capital Life is brought to you by Alpha Sports. Performance Medicine, which is a new capital partner of Dr. Mitch's company himself. So, so excited to have them on board as being a capital partner. Don't forget to check out the website of our capital partners so that you can see all the wicked awesome businesses that we absolutely love and support. Please like, share, and rate us on whatever platform you are listening to us on. It's how we start to really spread the message of good in the world that needs it so much right now. So let's get aligned. Look, I got through all of that. It was like a huge word bomb of like crap. (laughs) That
1: was impressive. That was really good.
0: It helps that I'm from Chicago and I can just like all of it out (laughs) and then just not have to worry about it. So it's pretty good. So, okay, our listeners are not familiar with you. I have to mention I I'm, I've met with Mitch. He has got great energy. He has an amazing head on his shoulders. He is significantly ambitious at the ripe age of 26, and he's also soon to be a father of two, not one, two, and his firstborn daughter is 18 months old. Which I'm sure she's a whippersnapper because I mean if if she's anything like you, I and I can't even wait to even meet your wife because holy crap, <laughs> the stuff that I could only imagine this woman has to have all, a whole loads of gumption, just in oh, yeah. general.
1: Yeah, she's incredible. She's my rock. She's the best person ever. Uh, but yeah, lots of exciting stuff coming for myself and our family. Um, between I'd say baby number two coming. Honestly, any day now, a week. We almost had Um, to reschedule this podcast because we
0: didn't know if she would be going into labor. And we even joked that she would most likely go into labor either when we're recording or when literally your office doors open for the first day. Yeah. Right.
1: I'd say that second option is still in the air, so it might happen. Yeah. But yeah, two fun things happening back-to-back in our lives. Baby number two and then office opening, new clinic opening on Monday. So...
0: Right. Really exciting. So exciting. Now, it's so interesting. What I absolutely love that you've done for your people is that, like before your office even opened, you were even providing free services, free health awareness, you know, all of these concepts that people really need, which is so similar to what I do with Capital Health, is really providing an educational platform, letting people be able to get aligned and attuned with their bodies. So why else would I not have you when it's about keeping yourself aligned and keeping yourself on track than to have someone that totally understands the connection and enhancing his client's, um, health on all levels. So congratulations on the new shop opening up. I can't wait to see it and be all of its glitz and glams and colors. Um, so being a young dad and it's, that's a big deal because, I, I mean, I understand that. My daughter was born when I was 24, mm-hmm. so I definitely understand the whole youth dynamic. How did your perspective in life change after your firstborn came?
1: Yeah, um, it honestly wasn't as big as a change as I thought it was going to be socially um, that was, you hear that a lot. It's like, oh, when you have kids, like you can't do all the things you did before, things like but that. But that's
0: usually because people are doing bad things before yeah. they have children.
1: <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Usually.
0: Usually they're drinking and doing stupid shit yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, they're, you know, they're staying Correct. up late or they're doing, yeah. they're like traveling and doing things exactly. like, and it's like, if you were already living a humble life, yeah, that doesn't really change much.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of how we were. I'd say pretty humble life. We didn't travel a whole lot, things like that. Um, but you know again we're very i'm at least me i'm a super social butterfly um, my wife is a social butterfly in her circle um, and so for us it was not a big change because also we had the mentality of our daughter can do those things with us like right. she can like she's a part of our family What that's how we love to spend our time is with family so why not bring her along for things mm-hmm. and so it didn't change a whole lot there yes things require more planning we didn't Maybe you have a babysitter, not as much spontaneity as usual. Right. But it doesn't bother us at all. I'm a big planner, anyways. So right. that <laughs> helps me out. But
0: I, I totally hear you because I, like, it was funny because my, my firstborn, um, like, for, firstborn, as in my, my son, who's older than I, was, you know, an inheritance from my husband's first marriage. And what was really interesting is that, like, when he wasn't with us, we still had the shows on. We still had... You know, my husband would sit down at the TV and he would turn on his favorite programs because it was like we couldn't not have some kind of connection or feeling like going on with us and so and even though like there you know a lot of couples will recommend like doing the date night so that you're still you know keeping the spice of things going on and stuff but sometimes you're just too fucking tired yeah like sometimes you're like dude i am toast today i love you like we're there you know i'm kind of on a you know quarterly date like idea type of thing like if there's a even a night getaway if it's possible with family or even you know, just even doing a date night, like even quarterly, because, you know, even when we want to do something we're work so much, we don't want to take time away from the kids. And plus we both value so much time with the kids yeah. that it's like to us, it's like, no, it's family. It's family night. Like it's, that's just part of the norm. So yeah. I, I think you're probably, especially with number two coming along, especially with them being so chaotic, m- mama's going to need a little extra break. breaks. So.
1: Oh, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. We've already talked about that of I used to work out during my lunch hour. Now it's a workout in the mornings before work. So during lunch yes. hour, I can come home, yeah, buy a little relief, a little help, things like that, and try to you know maximize yeah. my time at home as much as possible. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing is everybody's different. You know, every couple is different. Every marriage is different. Every kiddo is different. And so it's all about finding what works best for you. What works best for your family. Um, for example, me and my wife again, we don't do like a weekly date night thing. It's more like monthly ish. Yeah. When we get the chance, because right. again. You know, that's all we feel like we really need. We don't feel like we need that weekly thing because... You're already connected. Yeah, exactly. We try to maintain as much as we can during the week. And then also, for us, what fills our cup is spending time, all three of us together, about to be all four of us, you know, on the weekends, doing activities, whether it's at home or outside, going places, things like that. Like, that's what fills our cup. And that's how we also feel connected is through Our daughter and through each other, and as a family, I love and that. so for us, it's you know, when we feel like we need date night, we'll look at each other and like, All right, we need some time, just us, right? Like we make it happen, but yeah, I think at first, you know, for some people, it may be they maybe need that every week or well, every it's other usually
0: week or... because they don't. I mean, I don't know if your wife you you and your wife do this, like my husband and I, we check in with each other regularly throughout the day you know, like either random text messages every hour or two or a phone call definitely two or three times within the day. So we always, you know, anytime we're in the car driving from one place to the next, it's like we call the other one and just say, you know, Hey, how are your day going? Like, you know, so we get the play by play. Yeah. A lot of couples don't get to do that, especially when they're working in like corporate America. I'm sure like many of your clients, they are so overdone and going from one thing to the next. So they have to have that date night every week or they yeah. won't even remember or connect. And yeah. it, especially in our world today when we've got so much shit going on every single day. Yeah. There's like, I mean, it's just a bomb exploding all the time. I mean, even today I was like, hey, by the way, my husband was just in a really bad car accident. And it was a five car pileup. Um, sure. <laughs> like... That was unexpected. Let me just deal with this really quick. So, I mean, there's always so much going on. And I I think, and I love what you said because it is, it's about making sure that you're making it work for you. You're making it work for your family. What works for everybody else doesn't necessarily always apply, you know, very much like politics. (laughs) Like, Just let them be like, let other people do their belief system. You do your belief system and call it a day. And, like, just, you know, like, don't infringe on other people's shit, like I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, so, how does your wife handle your ambitious qualities? Because, you know, yeah. But, I mean, like, I don't, don't want to yeah. say tenacious, but I kind of do at the same it's time. Cause it Yes, because, yeah. I mean, 26, you're already jumping straight into doing your own business thing. You're do, jumping in and doing all the things. I mean... I'm not seeing anything that you're doing wrong. If anything, I'm sitting there going, fuck, I wish I had the gu- balls to start earlier. Yeah. Because I'm 38, and I really started my company in 2014, so that's like nine-ish years ago. So, I mean, I was 29, but and I had ideas for it around your age, but I didn't take... I didn't jump in. How does your yeah. wife put up with you?
1: Oh, I ask myself that question every day. I'm not going to lie. Um, Good answer. No, she is... <laughs> Um, she's handled it extremely well. Um, I've always been a go-getter, very gung-ho. If there's something I want, uh, I, should, I go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't let a whole lot of things get in my way. Um, with the consideration of my wife, my family, that's just where I my priorities are. Um, family comes first, um, business comes second. Um, and there's some times when yes, I say that, but sometimes business does have, have to come first right? because you know you have to weigh the scenarios, <laughs> yeah. but in a large picture, my family comes first, yeah. and so I think she knows that and she appreciates that, um, and so I've also really like let her know like this is where we're going, this is where we're headed. We've kind of had this plan of Alpha Sports McKinney for a while now, mm-hmm. um, thanks to my mentor down in College Station, Dr. Ben, shout out. Um, We've kind of had this plan on a table since probably 2019, 2020. So we've kind of okay. had it down for a while. And My wife this whole time has known about it and she knows this is how I want to spend my life and serve, but also provide for our family. Right. And so she really sees that. And, you know, whenever we first started dating and first met, let's um, say my wife was a special education teacher for about two and a half years before our daughter was born and ever Since we met, we kind of talked about that, but also knew that at the same time, she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and I wanted to do everything in my power to make sure that she could do that. Right. And so providing for the family, make sure that she has the option to stay home if she wants, and that's what she does. Um, But then if she wants to do something else, I'm there to support her, and she does the same for me. That's Um, awesome. And so she's really, really sweet, has a huge heart. Um, and knows where our priorities land as a family, and so with her, she's like, "All right, I see what you're doing for our family. I really appreciate it. Um, what can I do to help?" Is the yeah. other thing that she does, and so she's my behind the scenes office manager. Yeah. I bounce all the ideas off of her um, because she's kind of that third party person to bounce ideas off of. Completely. I don't have I don't have the perspective of the business or the doctor. Um she really has that mindset of the patient or of the person outside looking in. I totally so get that. I it's a wonderful sounding board for all those things. I love
0: that. I mean I have so many times where I don't you know, I'll answer somebody's question at a speaking engagement or I'll say something, you know, you know, off the cuff and someone will be like, Oh my goodness, that impacted and I'm like, What did I say? I have no idea what I just said. Like I just kind of am a, I just, it comes out and I don't remember. And then that's when it becomes really apparent to me that, you know, when we've been in this, our positions, especially for, you know, such a long time, like our brain thinks a little bit from a different perspective because we're thinking about care. We're thinking about what, doing what we need to do for the client, what they need to like shift change and get out and healthy. But we don't realize that some of like the simple questions that they have don't necessarily get answered or the simple experiences, you know, like we might miss guidance at certain points because it's natural to us. And so then we always have to like fix that gap. And so I, you know, my husband is, I love though what he always says, he always says he may be the head of the family, but I'm the neck then that can't turn anywhere, the head can't. Yeah. Like, you know, like, so, it's so true because, you know, you're really putting all of, you know, even though you're the front men at the same time, your wife's got the solidarity at home behind, which gives you all of the support that you need to be able to do all the things for other people. Exactly. In addition to, she's really helped guiding you on where you're supposed to be looking. Because, if anything, I think sometimes that's, um almost a disconnect for us because of our profession and our, you know, our expertise. We, cause sometimes we'll overlook some yeah. of those aspects. So I love the fact that you guys are doing that now on the dad front. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? When I had my husband on, um, I had him, him on for father's day where we wow, so talked cool. all things balls. <laughs> okay. Cause, and basically I went through and was talking about like the differences, of men yeah. and what men possess and so of course I was like Father's Day when I think of men I think of balls I think of I should have my husband <laughs> on like, that's, <laughs> like that's where I went yeah. so um, like it the funny part is is that I on that episode I actually asked him questions about being a parent that I didn't think I actually knew the answer to so what is your favorite thing about being a dad
1: oh man that's a big question it is a big question uh um overall, like a big overarching theme. I think my favorite part is I'd say if my daughter's only eighteen months old, so I've only been doing this for eighteen months. But I think the coolest thing is raising a little human and just watching them grow and, de- and develop into their own little personality and their mm-hmm. own little self. Okay. And getting to do that with my wife is just the funniest little thing. Like I swear, she looks just like my wife. But has my personality now, and it's the funniest thing. It's weird. It's I'm so I'm a very cool. loud, very powerful personality, and my wife is a little more introverted than I am. Okay, a little so, more
0: reserved. Yeah, for okay. sure.
1: But I say you get her around the right crowd, she she has. She'll a good totally time. open up. Yeah, okay. but for me, it's like I don't care what the crowd is. Let's open up. Let's have some fun. Okay, and cool. So I walk in the door, and my daughter's like, "Dad, dad!" Like, runs up, and then from the moment on, it's like we're at volume eleven the rest of the night. Like, we're. Having fun in the playroom, I'm super loud. We're like changing our diaper and we're like yelling back and forth, ah ah ah, I'm just like being loud, yeah. yeah, just being just people. Yeah. yeah, And so it's really fun just kind of watching her like develop this personality, and she's just so freaking smart. At least I think she is. I don't know. It's my first kids. Usually, I don't know how to for, compare other kids. Usually <laughs> are.
0: Um, Let's just say you're gonna notice. The coolest thing when the second one comes, like when you have multiples, is how different personality traits they have. I always notice, and also big connection, that the birth story is so... Plays into who they are as a person. Um, Like, it's it's like... It's almost like we had all this preface of who they're going to be, the way they were in utero, all the way to like when they come out. And then like their whole birth story just makes sense on who they are. Yeah. Um, like the waiting for them or not waiting for them, yeah. like the impromptu, unexpected crap, like all of it's tied into who they are. And then what's really cool is how you can have, like my daughter, we noticed her foot Half of her foot looks like mine. Half of her foot looks like her dad's. It just like... It's weird. And it's like yeah. an even split. I even notice things like... My daughter sleeps like my sister. So you'll have that aunt and uncle dynamic. Or like... Yeah. You know, grandparents come in. Um, and it's so cool because it's like... You can see all these features. And it's like mirrored into this little tiny person. But it's all people that you knew. And it was like... Holy crap. A lot of the energy that we absorbed that impacted us goes so much into our children. We don't even realize it. And then you're just going along for the ride and amusement of yeah. like, who the fuck is this kid? Yeah. Like, <laughs> And like, how cool are they? Yeah. I love um, them. They're awesome. And you're allowed to cause they're yours. And yeah. like, hi, you know? So I love, I love that. What is, what's your worst favorite thing about being a dad?
1: Oh man. Cause there
0: is a thing. And a lot of people don't talk about the crap.
1: That's hard. Um, I'm a very positive person, so I, like, have this mindset of, it may be a negative, but it's a positive, right? Turn it into a positive, right? Right, you're setting the silver, silver lining, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, that's tough. I don't know. I think probably my least favorite thing right now is she's a little stage five clinger at the moment,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I swear we can't do anything without someone having to hold her or... Latch onto her like yesterday. It was the like sweetest little thing. So cute, but also so tough at the same time.
0: Right, because so you're kind of like um, sloths. No, literally. That just hang on you. Yep. And then you're like, child, get off me. Yeah. My back is breaking. <laughs> or my neck hurts. Or yeah. like, I love you, but stop. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like, I got to go to work. And she's like, hanging on to me. And I'm like, try to pass for my wife. And she goes, no. And when I'm like, all right, daddy's got to go to work, you got to go to mommy. No. And just like grabbing on a med. That was your first
0: mistake was teaching her no. I know. That you never use the word no around them, (laughs) ever. You always, in like, it's like if they're not supposed to be doing something, be like, why don't we try doing this instead of that? Instead of saying no, because as soon as you teach them no, you're. You're, yeah, yeah, it's yep. not good. It, so, yeah. The grass is not greener on that other side. Yeah, it's all right.
1: That's also <laughs> what happens when you raise girls. So it's fine. yeah, yeah. It'll be okay. You're screwed. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's okay.
0: It's fine. I asked for it. So okay. So being the fact that we've talked about the kids, we've talked about the wife. The number one thing that I always point out to everybody, and I always, I really always elaborate, is that we spend a hundred percent of our life with ourselves. If we're fortunate enough. We might be able to share 50 to 75% with our partner, our spouse, our chosen one in life. But our children are really like only visitors. They sadly are only really visiting for 25% of our life. And if we do our job good enough and they still decide they like us at the end of it, we might get a little bit more percentage, you know, with grandkids and other things. But a lot of people don't ever... I notice that parents always have like a big disconnect, not understanding that you know, this is, this is sadly just a very small percentage of your entire life, even though it's such a major part because they are our heart and soul, you know, they're it's basically like having a child's like ripping your heart out and then letting it run around and frolic free in in the world. Right. But at the same time, it's really about we live with ourselves a hundred percent. If you're not taking care of yourself, you can't do anything for the people around you. Like you're completely useless or you're creating more trauma and triggers than helping. And so I always really focus on like self-care is such an important factor, especially when you're raising children that see and absorb everything. They see, they hear, they, you know, they look up to you, they want to see that. You know, moms have a classic history of doing the self-sacrificing constantly, right? Like we always, basically we do what our mothers taught us, right? If, oh, look, mom's suffering through parenting, you know, because she's not, she's cooking, she's cleaning, she's going to work, she's doing all these different things. Oh, she never has time for herself. She'll have weight problems. She's not taking care of her body. She has all these things. Oh, it has to wait because other things are pressing. I am a very big debunker of that. Because I think it's a lot of that's bullshit, and it's like, okay, technically, if you don't do what you need to do for yourself, you can't really be the best version that you need to be for your children, for your family, for all of that. And um, I have my own reg- regimen of self-care practices. What are your top three self-care? I'm assuming working out is one of them, because that probably oh, yeah. gives you the mental clarity and get the focus and get your energy exuded, what are your other two forms of self-care?
1: Yeah, um, I'd say personally, I'd say of course mine are going to look very different than everybody else's, Um, and so my biggest thing is trying to figure out, you know, what fills my cup, and Mm -hmm. when I think self-care, a lot of people think, oh, like, spa day, um, getting my nails done, getting my hair done, like all these like physical. Yeah, but that's therapies. not. Sometimes it's, it's just not.
0: sitting in silence.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and so it's all about what fills your cup, and that could be something that is alone or with other people. Whatever you know makes you it, feel introverted better. Introverted versus extroverted. Yeah, I am exactly. very
0: like I seem like an extroverted person. Yeah. But I can't regenerate when I put too much energy out. It doesn't restore me, yeah. and so I have to like go into my hermit hole and like be the lazy person like on a Sunday if someone rings my doorbell I'm like who the fuck is ringing my doorbell (laughs) like that's yeah So like, if you're not
1: not Amazon go away
0: Yeah, (laughs) not even I don't even want Amazon just drop the package and go Uh like don't even and then like as soon as my six year old you know he's into play outside everyday mode so then the kids are coming and I'm like mother trucker like it's like I just need quiet so like I'll find other ways to like you know, go to the garden or go for go. a walk. I'm such an old lady now. I yeah. go to my garden <laughs> and I go for a walk. Like, yeah. but that's what I do now because that gives me sol. Quiet gives me yeah. solace.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I'm a very active person. Have a lot of energy, so a lot of it tends to be those things. Obviously, working out. Um, that I work out in the mornings, so okay. I work out at 6 a.m. at the gym, and I wake up at five, and so from five to seven forty-five when I get at the office like that's just me time okay. like
0: meditation people... and no or no just...
1: um I'd say just the workout time is just okay. me time I wake up pack my bag for the day pack any lunch whatever things like that um and it's also nice because no one is awake at that time so mm-hmm. no one's blowing on my phone when I wake up all the lights are off it's By quiet kid or still asleep it's great and so for me, the early mornings are really important. I feel like if I miss those early mornings or I sleep in, and don't go to the gym and just go straight to work, it kind of throws me for a whirl. Okay. And I definitely feel that. Uh, and so definitely the mornings are like my everyday alone time, yeah. just for me. Yes, I go to the gym and I work. In, I work out in a class. But you have so a you have people. a regimen yeah. to like yeah. get your
0: day going. My daughter exactly. is that way. Um, she's very much, um, the, she likes the quiet. She likes to wake up before everybody else, you know, cause we have a, you know, we're a family of, I think we have five, five and two dogs. Like, yeah. so, you know, she, she likes to wake up early and then, and my rule is as long as my alarm has not gone off, you do not come in my room. Yeah. Like that is like, I, I have to have sleep Yeah. and then I also have to, my morning regimen is more of like alarm goes off which mentally alerts me like hey it's time to wake up and then I go into like a meditative um sleep where I'm not really sleeping I'm kind of mentally gearing up putting the energy I want for you know the right r- vibration if I didn't sleep well or if I had weird dreams or if I'm just picking up the world's energies kind of wonky I will be like okay let's see if we can clear that up let's you know Try and re like realign, put good light everywhere, get myself like into that groove or that essence that I've like wanted to create. So that's usually kind of what I do, you yeah. know. And, and it's just like it's like quiet meditation time, yeah. you know. But it's with snuggles with my yeah. favorite person. Exactly. So then it's all good. Yeah. If you find this helpful and insightful, don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and YouTube at Capital Health. That's K A P I T O L Health. At Facebook and YouTube. You can also visit us at capitalhealth.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter and get all the updates, especially when it comes to our fun blogs and keeping yourself informed day in and day out. So, in regards to keeping yourself aligned, is so important in so many different categories. And when I say keeping yourself aligned, I'm not just talking about, you know, your mind body connection to prepare yourself for your daily in and outs, not just, you know, making sure that you're taking care of, you know, other traumas or things like emotional things so that you can be the right person that you need to be for your family, but also really for your body too. Like keeping your body aligned and connected, you know, what's going on with these muscles, what's going on with our, you know, our skeletal alignment, our posture, our behavioral habits of physicality that can really basically create a huge debacle all over our body, right? Basically, right? Um, (laughs) my favorite thing about chiropractics is literally when people learn what the popping sound is. (laughs) Yeah. Right? And it's so funny because a lot of people, they, you know, so I'm sure you've seen it. Like some people are almost like a little at bay at their first chiropractic visit because they get really nervous and they are like, oh my God, it's going to be such a hard adjustment. And oh my God, they're cracking my bones. And, and it's like, actually, it's not like we're, they're mo- they're adjusting the vertebra to make sure it's in proper alignment, but really it's nitrogen bubbles that makes that popping sound. Yeah. Which... I've always told people, it's like your bones are farting.
1: Yeah, I like that. Right? I myself start using that. Yeah,
0: right? Because they sit there and when people find out it's nitrogen bubbles and they're like, oh my gosh, nitrogen is a gas and like whatever. And I'm like, yes, your bones are farting. Exactly. (laughs) Like that's what it is. So, but I, I mean like how do you react when you have someone that comes in that's always kind of a little bit deterred from you know, chiropractics. I mean, chiropractic world is no longer as hokey as it used to be, Yeah. but in my line of work, I mean, like I still have the occasional, I wanna say probably about like 20%, 20, 25% that are still like, no demon, like, yeah. you know, like on chiropractics. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like where, how do you react to that?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is education on the patient's part. And that's my biggest thing is we, take a lot of pride in educating our patients and empowering our patients at Alpha sports and so the biggest thing is what information do i feel like the patient is missing or what information do i feel like the patient needs and so the biggest thing is just educating them on on what i'm doing with an adjustment why i'm adjusting things like that um and it's pretty often that i have people that come in that are kind of you know a little weary or um some people will straight up tell me like i don't want to be popped i don't want to be cracked i'm like hey i totally get it um Today, we won't do that, but
0: can we do these might, stretches? Yeah, but yeah. say
1: stretches, mobilizations, anything to do. Because the biggest thing when it comes down to the adjustment is we're trying to restore motion and we're trying to restore range and movement and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, us say after an adjustment, you'll notice there's a big change in range of motion. You feel much more loose, you, feel lighter. Like you can act, yeah, lighter, yeah, lighter, clear mental
0: clarity. Even, yeah. um, I my favorite, especially is like babies, right? Like babies. Yeah. I, these Western medicine doctors, I swear to God, they drive me fucking crazy because they sit there all the time and then they're always wanting to put plugs in children's ears and it's like, take them in for a fucking adjustment. That kid doesn't need any plugs. Like as soon as you can get all that fluid fluidity, like coming in and actually doing what it's supposed to be doing, like it's all blockaded, you know, even adjusting somebody that like is constipated and has it, I mean, it ends up being like a a shit show but like at the same time it's like it's a really in, important and sometimes it's like when your immune system is sluggish when you're when you are not having mental clarity when you're doing all these different things just getting yourself aligned really helps to just connect the whole body to the whole system because it's all connected yeah and so many people don't realize how significant that can just change your outlook
1: yeah exactly and for us, it's you know, not only is it the adjustment that's doing those things, but for us, the the slogan that I say a lot, I use a lot of cheesy lines. Uh, movement is medicine, motion is lotion, whatever you want to call it. Lotion is lotion. I love both of them. Yeah, they're great. That's and good one. So it's one. all about moving your body, um, and that movement looks different for everybody, right? right. Um, You know, CrossFit for some people, personal training, just walking, just being outside with the kids at the park, whatever it is getting that movement and doing what our bodies are designed to do, not only has an effect on us physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, so many aspects, and that's what we try to do in our office, is trying to make sure we touch on all these aspects of our clients and of our athletes, because, again, that person is one whole person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we want to treat that whole person. If I were just to treat your musculoskeletal system There's so many other things I'm not touching on, right? And so our biggest thing, that's why we talk about education, empowerment, because through that education, empowerment, are we now allowed to tap in to all these other aspects of health, social, mental, emotional, things like that. And
0: so much of what we put into our body makes such a profound difference. I mean, it reflects in our skin. I mean, like, I can't tell you how many, you know, massage therapists... Know who's a smoker and who's a drinker and all of that because you know like there's a smell that resin like that literally comes out from the body when you're working on a smoker on the table or there's you know um, I notice in training a lot that a lot of my boozers are the excessive sweaters because they that's just what happens. Um, so there's like there's all these different things about what we what we put into our body really reflectively comes out. Um, in addition to like our response and so I mean like it's such a huge deal that we have to stay on top of that and i you know some people use the use their circumstances as an excuse for not really knowing how to choose a healthy lifestyle or even you know saying saying something like oh well my mom was this way or my genetics are this way and i I tell a lot of my clients you know it's really more of a 60 40 you know, 60% of, you know, 40% of it you might be predestined to, but 60% of it is your actions and your choices. You don't have to identify as that 40%. 60% of you, it's about the decisions you're making going forward. And then, you know, we may not have to deal with 40% of it. Maybe it'll end up being, you know, 20% or 10%. It just, it depends on your (coughs) core care. Um, you, shared a little bit about me about not necessarily having being brought into a healthy background. What, it, can you give us a little bit more details about that?
1: Yeah. Um, growing up, I'm a Texas boy, born and raised, um, grew up, um, single mom for a little bit. Um, I'd say if my parents got divorced when I was really young, um, my mom got remarried to my now stepdad, uh, when I was nine. Um, and just like growing up single mom, is just me and my brother. My brother's 10 years older than me. Um, it was basically just, you know, having fun. We played a lot of sports, but also at the same time, like, we didn't know anything else about fitness or nutrition or whatever. It was just like, you know, go out and play, have some fun, whatever it is. Right. Um, Come
0: home, eat what's in the pantry. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Looking back, didn't eat the best either. Um, but, you know, like, I still love my good old southern cooking, you know. Yeah. Some chicken fried steak and gravy sounds pretty fantastic yeah. all the time. But... Um, when
0: it's warranted, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, and so, growing mm-hmm. up, I didn't know much about it, but I guess... I think my brother was kind of into fitness a little bit um, and healthy lifestyle, and then I think I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was like personal insecurities as a kid or whatever it may be. But ever since I was kind of like middle school, high school, I was like pretty into fitness. Kind of learned a little bit about nutrition, and then really college when it really took off for me. Right. And because you could dive
0: into it. Yeah, I got right? dive into it and
1: study it, and you know, really right. make it part of my lifestyle. And so, um, I'm very thankful that I got exposed to that stuff early, um, just through communities I was in the people I was around um and so yeah but it also was
0: because you chose it yeah it wasn't like you know there's a lot of families out there where you know it's like every single family member has an obesity issue or diabetes or blood high cholesterol or high blood pressure and it's like you know sometimes it can be super discouraging because it's like you know you you're in your family and then all of a sudden you kind of feel like it's. I don't want to say the ugly duckling. You're like the, but you're the odd man out, right? Like yeah. you don't fit in, and it's like, okay, you're curious about exploring. You're curious about those different things, and sometimes the family, like kind of teasing and poking fun, oh, yeah. deters oh, yeah. you away from yeah. looking for something else. You know, um, I absolutely adored it when, you know, I, I was having a high percentage of male listeners on the podcast, and I was like. What boys are listening to this? Like I don't know, other than my husband. Yeah. Like you know, like I don't, I don't know, you know, because I for I normally work with a lot of moms or you know or you know women in retirement. So you know, I do have a, a male-based clientele, but it's a much smaller percentage. So it, it was surprising that that is where you know some of my listeners were gravitating. And then sure enough, my nephew, who's absolutely one of the sweetest souls you'll ever meet. And he, like, reached out and was like, Auntie, I love your podcast and, you know, I'm really trying to do, like, good for myself and take care of my body. And I'm like, dude, you know, free friends and family, like, call me. Like, we yeah. <laughs> we can feel this. This yeah. is totally fine. Like, that's what Auntie means. It's automatic. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> like, like, so, and it was so great because... You know, from my husband's family, their health is shit. It's so bad. It's the diabetes. It's the strokes in the men. It's, you know, a lot of it's that island culture, right? You know, it's spam, spam eggs and rice, like, right. all the time. The sandwiches, the, like, all the stuff. And it's, yeah. you know, and my husband has dramatically changed his eating over the years because he's had to. Because, I mean, gout runs in his family. He started having massive gout flares that were so just consuming and it got to the point where you listen to the generic advice that western medicine said of don't eat pork and don't drink beer and all that stuff well he wasn't drinking beer and he wasn't drinking all these different things and he wasn't eating the way that they were claiming it was like there was only two things on the list that really were the the factor and it was like that doesn't sound right and before he ended up jumping into the train of taking medications that kill his liver you know all those medications end up slowing your liver function down and your liver is protecting you from all the bullshit that's going in your system so it's like you can't do it you need your kidneys to help detoxify you need your liver to help clean everything out and you know here he's sitting there like i don't know what to do i just want to take this effing medication and i said you know what if you were one of my clients i would say what's the culprit inflammation is the culprit let's identify what's causing inflammation let's do a food allergy test found out that he was allergic to gluten. He was allergic to. Um, he actually had a sensitive. Has a huge sensitivity to soy. He has a huge sensitivity to coconut. You know, like pork was not even a problem on his list. So pork was not. A- so here the doctors are telling him pork and beer. Guess what? He's perfectly fine with pork, not the beer because yeah. of the gluten. But like, <laughs> like seriously, it was like yeah. it was completely worked. And it's like, I my heart goes out to people that have been raised in families where they feel like there isn't an out or they feel like they have to succumb to the family norms. And it's like, really, you know what? We are all different and unique. That's what makes us so special in our family. That's what makes our family special is because we're not all the same. We all have our different (laughs) qualities. And if we can embrace that and then help that kind of evolve us Mm -hmm. to the next version of ourselves, like, Why not go into the wondrous world of information?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, I kind of grew up same thing. My dad's side of the family, super Italian. When we feast, we feast. Yes. That's how it it is. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, I was definitely kind of that. Me and my brother specifically were kind of like those odd guys out um, Mm -hmm. just because of the disease in the side of the family, you know, the obesity, things like that. Um, and it was, it was hard. You know, I'd go to family functions, you know, I'd try to be good about my, you know, what I'm eating or what I'm doing or, you know, if we go on like a family vacation or whatever, and I'm like, I'm going to go work out. And everyone's like, work out, you're on vacation. I mean, yeah, well, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so I think at first it was definitely a, a, a tough adaptation. And especially if you don't grow up around it, it's, it's hard and trying to create those things. Um, but it's all about just finding little places to make changes. Because like you mentioned, the whole 40, 60 thing, like, you may have these genetic predispositions for things, but that doesn't mean it's not something you can affect or something you can right. change, right? Um, just because the only genetic thing that you're stuck with is what people can see—your eyes, your hair—you know, I mean, you can dye your hair, but you know things like right, that. But you don't grown. have to yeah. be
0: defined by your past or yeah. even by your genetic makeup. Like exactly. you can make, you can make some alternatives. Yeah. Like what you are is what you are, but yeah. then it's work with what you got.
1: Yeah, and you have. I think the biggest thing is you have a lot more control than you think over those things. You know, like heart disease on my dad's side. Like I could sit here and be like, well, I'm just going to have a bad heart one day. Like, oh, well, or I can sit here and be like, okay, I know I'm genetically disposed for heart disease and I may end up getting it one day, but what are the actions that I can take now to either prevent it or push it out from instead of happening when I'm 40 happening when I'm 80, you know, like what can I do now in the long term? and it all you can sit there and be like, "Oh, well, like my family makes fun of me or whatever." Well, it's like, "Well, make fun of me when I outlive every single person in this room." Right now, make fun of me, nice like. Point. And my big, ba- my biggest thing is like, why am I here? And that's to serve and to love my family and spread the word of God and like build His kingdom. How How can I do that? It's by living a healthier lifestyle, Honor living your longer. Body. Yeah, exactly. And so, it's tough. It's a, a really self introspection thing. You have to think about and tell yourself, like, okay, it may be weird. If my family looks at me one way or I know I'm, you know, likely to get this. But again, what can I do now? Not thinking about other people. Just thinking about myself and my values and what I align with. There you go. Um, And what actions can I take from there, right? right? And so that's kind of what I've had to tell myself over time. And people can look at me funny all they want. But also have balance. Right. Like I do the things that I need to do 80% of the time. So that 20% of the time when I'm with my family... Right, you know, it is Thanksgiving or it is a right. family game. You can indulge when you I can want to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and
0: that's my training philosophy is I, I always tell people I train you to do whatever the fuck you want to whenever you want to. Yeah. And not have to be feel guilty about it or have remorse or any of that baggage crap. Like yeah. that's not the point. The point is to be able to do what you want when you want to. Okay, being that we are in similar industries, not the fact that we don't we we're in the same industry but we don't yep. do the same thing. So being that we're in that, and being that we deal with people of all walks of life, you know, all different belief systems and characters and fun listeners and some non-listeners, we seem to get probably a crap ton of information way more than a therapist does, (laughs) right? Um, I know that there are some stories that I've heard that are burned in my brain that I wish I could remove yeah. because I'm like, whoa, that story traumatized me significantly and somehow they did not care not to share it. <laughs> like, But outside of that, I have to ask you, what are some of your biggest pet peeves that you notice in the industry itself?
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, I think some of the biggest things in the industry from... I'll say from the provider standpoint or seller standpoint yep, or whatever absolutely. is all. I think my biggest pet peeve is just misinformation okay. and just not understanding why you should be teaching something or where it's coming from or the reasoning. Or again, my sciencey doctor brain a, a lot about research is where my brain thinks. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these people out there that are selling or talking about all you know quick fixes or. Do these things. Or the like,
0: sleeping pills that knock you out because it's got 10 milligrams of fucking melatonin. Yeah. And you're like, okay, technically, anybody, a horse would go down with that. Yeah, like, right? like, no. Yeah. That supplement's not as good as you think. And then it's massively upcharged.
1: Yeah. And so I'd say stuff like that um really gets me a lot of misinformation stuff. Um, and then also just I'm not like scare tactics are all over the place. Yeah, in I our, hate in scare tactics. Industry like people are like oh well if you do this then you're going to get this disease or you're not going to live this dude. way or whatever you just stop I'm talking like.
0: that way yeah. you're making it all negative yeah.
1: you make it sound like one thing is going to make or break right. your entire body or your entire life or whatever right. and so i think my yeah that's probably one of my other biggest ones just these scare tactics of um, like one thing that I see a lot and I'll, I'll, hit, I'll hit on chiropractors all day long because we've got some good ones and we've got some bad ones Right, in, a lot every, of, in everything you yeah. do
0: we're human and yeah. that's just what humanism is <laughs> yeah
1: and there's a lot of chiropractors that'll sit here and they'll take an x-ray and then they'll show you and they'll be like you see this area here like it's not moving well you've got this degeneration and if you don't see me for 20 times a you know, Bullshit a year visits, or you know, twenty yeah. times a week or just some crazy stuff. Like, you're just gonna progress worse and you're gonna, you know, have surgery and you know, whatever you're you have to be... do. when
0: you don't feel good, just come get tuned up, I'll fix yeah. you and see you later. Yeah. Like and so it's... when we don't feel good, especially when we're yeah. getting older, we feel we don't feel as well less and less, and that's when we need more adjustments and more yeah. practice, like chiropractic care. But when you take care of your body, it's like pop in, pop out, go along your day. Love you, have a great time. And all of the chiropractors I've ever referred to, they only do that. None. I've never, ever backed a single chiropractor that does package plans. Not a single one. And it's because of that exact reason. Yeah. So I just, I had to say that (laughs) because that's a pet peeve of mine for sure. My thing is kind of goes into yours is I don't like how the industry preys on people's insecurities to Ooh. encourage them to do stuff. That's a good one, So yeah. it's like attacking the weight, or you got like the stupid V shred guy that's like, "I'll jump <laughs> in this pool." Yeah. Like nobody gives a fuck. Just go <laughs> jump in the pool. Like nobody cares. Like yeah. turn your camera off and stop talking. Yeah. Just shh, like no, like nobody likes you. Yeah. So <laughs> at any rate, okay. Now, what's your biggest pet peeve about people like treating mm. some of your people? Because I patience. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, without having like, to
0: disclose any oh, HIPAA things course, whatsoever, no, but
1: no, this is hard, man. Um, gosh, I think my biggest thing is just show up and show up on time. Okay. That's my biggest thing. It's okay. really simple. Like we've built this time out just for you. And this time is for you is for us to help you. And if you don't show up and you don't say anything about it or you show up late and pretend it's nothing, I'm like, but it's
0: not showing, they're not showing up for themselves. Yeah, and it, I mean, like it does, and it creates that ripple effect because it affects yeah. your schedule, it affects those going forward. Yeah, I am very much on the the people that. They say they know all the answers, or they're always agreeing to everything you say. I know, I know, I know, I know, and it's like actually, if you did know, you would <laughs> yeah. not be here.
1: But do you know? But yeah. like, yeah, like, do you
0: actually know? It's like there's there's a difference between being aware of it and actually being mindfully like yeah. receptive to it. It's like. You didn't actually allow it to process through the depths of your brain yeah. to understand that this has to change. Like yeah. these things have to stop, and we need to move forward. It's like, oh, I know I need to do this, and it's yeah. like mother trucker, like yeah. <laughs> you know. And it's and I think the reason why I don't know if it's the same for you, but the reason why it drives me crazy is because I see the potential. Mm-hmm. I see the potential. I see the awesome attributes that the person has you know, like how great of an individual they are. And it's like, I can see the path to get them to their full awesomeness. And then it's like when you're creating a path for them to get there and you're like so excited and then they're like, "Eh." and you're just like, dude, like that, we were so close to getting you where we want to be. Yeah.
1: And I think you just, what you just brought up really made me think of another pet peeve and I'll put this in both (laughs) the patient side and the provider side. Just being closed-minded kills me. Yeah. Like, have an open mind. Be open to other things. Even if you like it or don't, or you want to learn about it or don't, just be open-minded. So, provider side, like, be open-minded to new things, new techniques, whatever the patient's needs are, things like that. Then also, as a patient, be open-minded to the things that we're trying to give you as providers and helpers in your health and fitness and journey and things like that, because the second you close yeah the second you close your mind you miss out on all these great things that we have to share and give
0: completely so
1: like you mentioned you know the whole I know I know but like do you really know yeah are you really listening or are you just being closed minded and just saying you know because you want to move on we're
0: all our own worst enemy yeah like I mean even ourselves like we we're always our own worst enemy because we'll get in our own way and we won't we we don't take the time to move ourselves aside and say okay that's crap like we need to go forward You, you sometimes you need to rely on other people to call you on your shit okay. and then when that happens you're like crap Okay, yeah that's right and when you when you're saying I know I know I know you're deflecting Yeah, you're deflecting it's a defense mechanism because you're not actually allowing it in because sometimes allowing it in could be really crushing and you know and humiliating and you feel guilty and you have all those feelings with it but the other thing is is that a lot of people get complacent in not changing or staying where they're at. And the thing is, is like, I think you very much have expressed today very similarly how it's like, it's about evolving with people through all phases of their life together. And those phase like you're going to have to change it up every single phase. And some people get so complacent in their little comfort zone that they, they can be fearful of creating more change or they can be fearful getting to the next one. One of the things I absolutely loved when you um, put your submission in for being a guest today was, and I'm going to read this for our listeners, he says, you find it very important to let other people's know, other others know that they are not alone and that their struggles are not rare. There is a lot of people out there who are comfortable talking about struggles or hard topics, yet I think it is very important to help others grow. Now, the part that really impacted me when you said that was the fact that it was that the struggles are not rare. Yeah. And that was huge because a lot of us, you know, we get stuck in our own mind, we get stuck in our head, especially when we're living with ourselves 100% of the time. Yeah. And to think, you know... We don't know what it's like for the other person to go through what they're going through. We all have different standards of thresholds of pain and our experiences. But the fact is, is that so many other people are going through the same... A similar version or something similar. Mm -hmm. You know, they either have a cousin or an aunt or a... You know, or it's them. You know, and until we really talk and share, no one can grow.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And I think... The biggest thing is even if someone, honestly, not everyone is going to know exactly what you're going through or has been exactly where you are because they have, they're they not in your life. They haven't had the exact same circumstances and, and that's okay. But there are people that have been in very similar positions and very similar scenarios and mindsets and things that are going on in your life and understanding that those people have... The way I look at it is those people have been through that for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that reason may be to make them a better person, and maybe to help other people, and maybe to move them in a direction they need to move away from, or whatever it may be. Or all of it. Yeah. All, exactly. I mean,
0: really, to me personally, I feel like it's all of that. You know, the challenges that we face is a part of our evolution, our yeah. own individual evolution. It's also part of our opportunity to be an influence to others. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't know about my you know, heinous background of, you know, of what I was kind of born into, a shitstorm of stuff. And because I don't allow it to define me. And when I do talk about it, because I am an open book and I don't hide things and it's not like I'm, you know, in the back being like, oh, <laughs> like whatever. But, you know, when people find out, they're like, holy crap, your story's insane. And, you know, and it's like, yeah, you know, it is. But at the same time, we everybody goes through something. Mm. But it's about you know, really sharing because if we don't share, we don't, you know, why, what was the point of us going through it? Yeah. If it wasn't supposed to be some kind of example or assistance for somebody else going through it too. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that's kind of how humans like pay it forward.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's like the biggest thing is I encourage myself and anybody I have conversations like this with is I'm, I, you know, encourage them if you've been through something like And you've made it on the other side. Let people know because there are people out there that are probably going through something very similar um, that you can help, or there's people that have been through that that you can relate to, or there's people that may not have been through it that may go through it eventually that can learn something from that. And so I think the biggest thing is yeah, when people you know look at their situation and self reflect and realize like this is tough. Again, remember like you're not alone. Like there are people around you. We're all humans. We're all the same species. We all go through the same things. Right. May not be identical, but they're pretty dang close. Yeah, and so by using that support system, finding your community, finding people around you that can help you through those things, makes things ten times easier. I mean, teamwork makes the dream work. I'll say it every day for the rest of my life. But there's a reason why, and just I encourage people to never forget you're alone. Never forget that there's someone out there that is either going through the same thing you're going through, or has been through it, and they're there to help you. You just gotta, you know, speak up and let people. Be aware of where you are, because if you can't, if you don't speak up, no one's going to right. know how to help. So
0: I always tell my son, it's like a bad haircut if you sit there watching it happen, even though know you're, it's your fault too. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
1: you could have said something. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the Capital Life today, Doctor Mitch. I can't wait for to see your new location and have all everybody come and your wild success over the next couple of years, because I think that's definitely in your future.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. I love getting to talk to you and hang out with you and just have some fun, banter a little bit, talk about life. It was a good time.
0: I know. Incessant <laughs> ramblings is fun. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today on the Capital Life where we talk about all the things. Join me next time on Saturday at 5:30. You drive me crazy. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow on YouTube and Facebook at Capital Health. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L Health at YouTube and Facebook. Please share with your friends and family. The Capital Life is available on all podcasting platforms except Pandora because they suck. Um, Our goal on The Capital Life is to provide a safe place to get information when it comes to your health and wellness, especially when dealing with all of life's phases. Remember to take care of yourself because you're somebody's everything.